Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of good vibrations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. So, you know, I have been thinking about um, waking up. And I know I talk to you guys a lot about that. Like, it's time to wake up. We have to wake up. And then I think maybe people don't really know what that means. Or, or are there different levels of waking up? And I think that is absolutely true. There are different levels of waking up. And why is it so important to wake up right now? Well, I mean, certainly we all want to wake up and we want to wake up as quickly as possible because when you come into a place of knowing yourself through the divine, you're able to institute a more healthy life for yourself, make a more positive impact for the world and for yourself. So the reason why I talk about it is a lot, the good half of the beginning of my life, I did not know that there was such a thing as the divine or that I was divine or that there was anything other than what life was presenting to me as I saw it. So, you know, I think we, we come into this world and for me, anyway, my mother said, you always were so excited. You were just like jumping out there like, here I am, here I am. I always thought everybody wanted to play with me. I was always ready at the door. I was always the first person in the team. I was always jumping in there. And then <clears throat> life happened, right? So, you know, my parents are who they are and they had their challenges and they had the things that they had difficulty with and we didn't have a lot of money and, you know, we can all go on, blah, blah, blah. But I started to believe that what was being presented to me was all there was. So if a bad thing happened, there there was no other reason for that bad thing except that it was bad. And by the time I left my parents' home at uh, 20, say 20, yeah, 20, 21. I mean, I did go to college, um, but, you know, you're still there. I... I was at a place of deep darkness. I started to believe what other people told me about myself. And I think for waking up, the most important thing that you need to do to wake up is know who you are. I was speaking with Kate Bartolotta, um, who wrote this magnificent book about writing your story and healing your heart. And one of the things that she says is that writing helped her untangle the pieces of herself And I thought that was a very powerful statement because when I started on my spiritual quest, it was to find out who am I really, not who am I according to my parents or according to the kids who beat me up in high school or according to the men who wanted me for, you know, a showpiece, but who am I? What do I believe? What do I stand for? And I can't say that that there, there was like a slow awakening for me. Oh, I hung out with people who started going to astrologers and talking about things in the metaphysical world. And I found that interesting because I've had dreams my whole life of people talking to me and spirits coming to me. And I thought, well, I, I mean, first of all, I didn't think that was happening with anybody else in the world, but I also thought maybe there was something wrong with me. So when I read Shirley MacLaine's book, Out on a Limb, 
and I know I talk about it a lot, but it was life-changing for me because all of a sudden she wasn't talking about it to the degree, degree I was experiencing it. She was in profoundly immersed in divine guidance. And I thought, that's what I want. I want more of that. And so I began like a quest and reading books. And all of a sudden, when I, where I felt like I was closed down and dark, all of a sudden I started having dreams again. I had dreams like this when I was little, but through the period of junior high school to the end of college, I didn't have dreams where people were helping me or guiding me or advice was being given to me because I, I really feel like I just couldn't open up to anything because just surviving my life was all I could do. And so I say this to you because you may be going through something that you're just surviving. And I'm telling you that if you open up to the divine, you can live through it, thrive through it, understand the reasons for it happening and make a change. And that's the biggest thing that I got from my first wake-up call. Like, oh, I can change. I don't have to be this person that my parents say I am. Or I don't have to be the girl who was beat up all the time. Because I defined myself by what happened to me. Instead of, okay, that thing happened to me. What did I take away from it? What did I learn? And how can I move forward from that? So there was my first awakening. And then I started on my path and I'm, you know, going along and I'm receiving intuitive messages and all these wonderful things are happening and I'm feeling better and better and better about life. I get married, I have kids, and then I hit, you know, I hit the darkness of the soul thing again. And it's funny because it started with hiring a babysitter um, that literally when she walked onto my doorstep and rang my doorbell, I opened up the door, I looked at her and I went... Oh no. Literally my inner voice said, Oh no, don't, don't go there. So what did I do? Well, I hired her. Um, <clears throat> you see, even Gracie was upset. Gracie was barking. So that started a chain of events that sent me spiraling into darkness. Because at that point in my life, I had spiritual um, work and I had the metaphysical and I was receiving messages and guidance, but I had no divinity. I still didn't see who I was in the eyes of the divine. So there's a song that um, someone, someone shared with me probably about eight years ago now. It's called The Silent Awakening by Tina Malia. And I just want to sing you, there's a little, I, I'm going to post the song for you guys, but this part of it reminds me of where I was when I hit that place. So I dreamt that I could not find you, always was a step behind you, could not see your face, wandering around the maze, illusions, dusty haze, a soul with no resting place but there was only a dream of a dream this world is not what it seems and that's where i was i was wandering around in a dusty haze i didn't know that there was something bigger than me i had an inkling but i didn't know it in my heart and that's where your awakening happens so i went 
to an energy worker because I've always been more interested in um, different forms of healing other than traditional forms of healing because I didn't have really super good luck in the traditional world with, with healing. I mean, my first experience with <clears throat> traditional doctors was getting my tonsils out at four and a half, five. And the nurse, I, I didn't want to take the ether because I was really, really afraid. And I just kept asking for my mother, please, can I have my mommy? Please, can I have my mommy? And the nurse said, um, and the nurse wasn't nice either, which was really weird. And she was like, yeah, you, you, there, she's trying to shove this thing in my face. Just breathe this. Just breathe this. And I was like, no, no, no. And then she went, well, your mom's on the other end of this. So go say hi to her. So I breathed in deep to say hi to my mother into this cloth. And that's all I remember. And I came out, you know, not being able to talk and my throat was all sore. And I was like, I don't trust these people. <laughs> they lie. <laughs> so that aspect followed me through my life and had me searching for other ways. So I went to this woman who practiced La Ho Chi, which is now the energy that I channel. So, you know, I have my, I have like, you know, whatever, 20 minutes talking to her about my life and this is what I want to do. And I'm in this really dark place and I feel like there's no end and I, there's no hope. And I have everything that I thought I would want, you know, I was working in my career. I'm happily married. I have lovely children. Um, I can eat, which, you know, was not always possible in my life when I was younger, but I'm, I'm, I feel dead inside. <clears throat> I feel like the world is out to get me and I feel like there's no hope. So I lay down on this woman's table and she starts running the energy. And at that time I didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I was enveloped by it something that was so powerful and so beautiful and so loving that all I could do was cry. Up until that moment, I was certain that we were going to destroy ourselves with a nuclear war. Now, I mean, I didn't walk around telling people that, but it's what I just believed in my heart. That's it. We're, well, there's no possible way that humanity is going to move anything outside of its barbaric self. That's how I felt. And then this force blankets itself over me and just keeps telling me in not words, but in feelings that I am loved and that love is all around me and it is accessible to me. 45 minutes later, I get off this woman's table and I float out of her house and I went, okay, it's time for me to wake up. And I remember thinking that very clearly. It's time for me to wake up. It's time for me to stop living my story of my teen life, which I was still doing, even in this happy marriage, in this happy life with, with love and support all around me. I was still living in my mind as if I was an abused teenager. So I started on a different part of the journey keeping all the metaphysical stuff that I learned, keeping my practices, keeping my meditation, but going deeper, 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 listening to the guidance in a different way. Not, okay, I really need this thing. So tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. My, my prayers, which I couldn't even say that word back then because I felt like, you know, there's, you know, what do you mean prayer? My prayers began to be prayers of, of an opening. Show me show me what you want for me. Show me who I am. Show me what you desire. And from there, I started seeing 
I started seeing love in different aspects of my life that I hadn't paid attention to. I started to have an understanding of my parents that I had not, that I had not known before. And in my heart, I began to find forgiveness. Forgiveness for the things that happened to me in high school, for my parents not being able to protect me, you know, for my own mistakes, for the path that I took where I used to look back and go, oh, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, and that's the reason why this didn't happen and you couldn't do this. And I stopped doing all of that. And I started just giving myself kindness. And I noticed that the more kindness I gave myself, the more kindness I gave to others. It was so much easier for me to parent the kids. It was so much easier for me to have fun. I cannot, I could not even back then remember the last time that I laughed and had fun. And all of a sudden, I was playing games. I was doing this. I wasn't, I didn't feel like life was a burden. And I all of a sudden was attracting people into my life who were kind and loving and fun and supportive. And so... That is what waking up does for you. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing your reactions on this earth. It's you're, you're going out there in your day, and instead of re- reacting with everything in your past, you respond within the moment. You see the people in front of you, and you try to understand their point of view. That's an awakening. Then you take it to a deeper level. You know, what do you want? What are you putting out in the world? I feel strongly that we should be following our dreams and our desires because that's where we lead to prosperity. That's where we feel that we do the most powerful good in the world, whatever that is. If it's you're a painter or you're a stockbroker and you just love numbers or you're an accountant and you can do these numbers great and it's easy for you and you love it, who knows? I don't know what that thing is for you. But do you know what that thing is for you? Are you doing um, things in your life because that's what your parents told you you should do? Or you're following the path because that's where you think you're going to find prosperity as opposed to what your heart really says? You know, that is awakening. That is taking control of your life. That is knowing this is where I'm going to go even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. You know, I'm, when I moved to Chicago, it didn't make sense to anybody at the time. So I finished uh, summer theater. So I was an apprentice at a summer theater place up in Maine. And I didn't know what to do with myself because I, I didn't know if I was really prepared to go out into the, the world of professional acting. But, you know, you're done with college. You've done the summer theater thing. So what else do you do? Everybody that I knew, literally everybody that I knew was in New York City. All the people from the summer theater, all the directors I'd met, all the performers, everybody. A couple people from college. But I wasn't sure. Should I go to New York City? So I went home and I I worked for six months and I lived with my parents and I saved my money and I still didn't know what to do. My dad would come and sit on my bed and he would say, when are you leaving? (laughs) And I'd go, I don't know. He'd come in like, you know, once a month. When are you leaving? So finally, one day I was like, you don't like me. You keep asking me to leave. Right? And you know what he said to me? No, Kristen, I love you. And I know there's nothing here for you. And you need to go out and start finding out who you are. Oh. So I went, oh. Okay. And that night I had a dream. I had a dream that I was living in Chicago and I was happy. 
And I went, oh, okay, well, I'll just go to Chicago. I don't know anybody in Chicago. I knew one girl from college who grew up in Chicago. So I called her. I said, um, I'm thinking of moving to Chicago. Can you help me? Do you know anybody that I can stay with? Now, I just want all of you guys to know that I grew up in a very small town, a very small town, and moved to a bigger small town when I was a teenager. So I basically have never been out in the city world at all. And I'm now going to move my little self by myself to the great city of Chicago. My girlfriend goes, yeah, I have a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. I'll see if you can stay with him. So I go, okay, great. So she calls me back the next day. Oh, yeah, you're going to stay with my friend Craig. Okay, great. So Craig calls me. Hey, I'm Craig. Um, Jeanette says that you need a place to stay while you move to Chicago. You can stay in my closet. I'm like, okay, great. I'll stay in your closet. Right. <laughs> so I go downstairs. I say to my parents, all right, I'm moving to Chicago. I'm going to stay in this guy Craig's closet who's friends with my friend Jeanette. And they go, okay. And they book me a flight. That's it, folks. They said, okay, <laughs> and booked me a flight. So I packed up all the stuff that I had in my little black trunk. I had a little teeny black, you know, trunk for clothes. I packed all my clothes in there. I was still <clears throat> actively sleeping with my teddy bear. <laughs> I was 21 and I was still very attached to my teddy bear. And so I grabbed him and I, my parents took me to the airport and we, you know, checked my big trunk and I said, okay, bye. And they said, bye. And I knew that I was meeting some guy at the airport with a Shakespeare hat. That's all I knew. It was going to be a green hat that said Shakespeare on it. I went, oh, okay. I get off in the airport and find this guy with a green Shakespeare hat. And that was the person I was going to live with. Now, if I wasn't divinely guided through that whole experience and protected, I don't know how I survived it. I lived with this guy and his roommate for a month while I looked for an apartment. His, the, the roommate was an abu- uh, a, a woman abuser. So he beat the crap out of his girlfriend on a regular basis while I lived there. And um, I really was freaking out of my mind because I, I didn't know how to handle a situation like that. And I'm living in their home. And all of a sudden, I say, all right, that's it. I can't do this anymore. If I don't find an apartment tomorrow, I'm going back home. And I'm giving up on my dream of being an actress because I can't do this. I can't live like this. This is horrifying. So meanwhile, I go out. You know, you get the paper. You're looking at the apartments. I go out. I I see this apartment. I I meet with the landlord. It's perfect. It's a huge two-bedroom with a kitchen and and, um, a backyard and a living area and a dining area. And it's amazing. But it's literally $75 more than I can afford a month. So back then, that apartment was $475. And I, I know, (laughs) I know, can you believe an apartment for $475, two huge two-bedroom with a backyard? But I couldn't afford the $75. So I said to the landlord, I'm really sorry. I, I love this place, but I, I can't afford it. And he said, well, hang on, hang on a minute. I'm going to go upstairs and talk to the guys upstairs and see if they know somebody. So he runs upstairs to his tenants upstairs on the third floor. And they come down. They're like, yeah, you know what? We have this girl that we know from the Board of Trade, Chicago Board of Trade, who's looking for a place to live. So we'll call her. Can you hang out? 
And I'm like, yeah, I can hang out. <laughs> they go upstairs. They call this girl. She's like, yeah. She gets on the phone with me. Yeah, hey, hi. Yeah, I hear you're looking for a roommate. Uh, you know, my dad can drive me down there. Can you hang out for half an hour? I'm like, yeah, I'll hang out for half an hour. So I'm sitting in this empty apartment, you know, with this landlord and these two guys wandering in and out, waiting for this girl. All of a sudden, knock, knock, knock. The door, I go to the door, I open it, and there is this girl standing. And I say girl because we weren't women yet, I don't think, even though we were the age of women. She's standing in the doorway. She's got hair almost down to her waist. She's wearing suspender. She's wearing overalls and red Converse high tops. And I go, hi. She goes, hey, I'm Jill. I'm like, hi, I'm Kristen. She's like, well, uh, I'm going to go look, all right? And I'm like, okay. So she looks through the whole apartment and she goes, yeah, you know, I could do this. Listen, I have two Siberian Huskies. Are you okay with dogs? <laughs> okay. I'm freaking terrified of dogs. And I went, no, I'm fine with dogs <laughs> because I don't know what else to do because I don't want to go home. I want this to work. She's like, all right, well, um, and I said, yeah, okay. Is it okay if I get a cat though? She's like, oh no, no cats. I'm like, no, I just want a kitten, one little kitten. She's like, my dogs will eat your kitten. And I went, okay, no cats, no cats, that's fine. So we shake hands and we're going to move in together. We know absolutely nothing about each other except she works at the Board of Trade and I'm this actress from Massachusetts. Now she goes off to her job and tells everybody, hey, I'm moving in with this actress from Massachusetts. And they all say to her, oh my God, don't do that. Are you crazy? Actresses are weird. They're crazy weird people and they do weird things. And I go back to my roommates and I say to the guy who I'm friends with, I'm going to go move in with this girl from the Board of Trade. He goes, oh, you don't want to do that. She's probably really spoiled and rich and she, she probably won't do any housework or help you with anything. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not staying here with your, you know, girlfriend beating roommate. So we move in together and she turns out to be one of the best friends of my entire lifetime. And she is my friend today. So 25 years later, 25, 27 years later now, she was my angel. She taught me how to live in a city. I didn't know how to live in a city. I didn't know how to take a cab. Do you know that I did not know how to hail a cab? She taught me how to re ride the subway. You know, things like that. That was divine guidance. That was part of my awakening. That was me listening to what I wanted, not what everybody else wanted, what made sense to me. So that didn't make sense to anybody in my life. It didn't make sense to my parents, didn't make sense to the guy that I was living with, but it made sense to me because I got a feeling about her and she got a feeling about me and, and she became one of the hugest support people in my life. And so if I had not been even just a teeny bit awake then, I wouldn't have heard, yes, yes, live with this person. Yes, go to Chicago. I wouldn't have heard my dream. I would have woken up from that dream and gone, well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know anybody in Chicago. I'm not doing that. It was six and a half of the happiest years of my, my life before I met my husband. It was the place where I had my metaphysical awakening. It was the place where I 
started to go to therapy, where I started to get help for the things that had made me feel sad. It was the beginning of my beginning. It was the beginning of the Christian ace that I am today. You hear those things when you are awake. Wake up. It's time. You can no longer afford to be asleep. The world needs your energy. The world needs your light. Time is of the essence right now. Wake up. And I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristin.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us. Let us know so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.